We've seen trades, big wide receiver contracts in the NFL this offseason. What is the value of a wide receiver? Why are some teams moving on from top-of-the-market receivers and others are fighting to acquire them? All that and some Twitter Thursday action coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, a little Twitter Thursday edition. And Matt's, uh, Matt, your, your power's back on, right? We're, we're all good at home? Yeah. <laughs> yesterday was all my fault. Here's what happened, folks, is... I had talked to Brian and said, hey, can we bump it back? I've got a bunch of things going on. We had furniture being delivered and all kinds of stuff. I didn't know when I could sit down and dedicate a half hour, 45 minutes. No problem. You know, we've done that before. No big deal. We'll record a little later. Then power goes out for a few hours. So my limited window got shut down and smashed straight on my fingers. So my apologies. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I know that. All of you out there are always waiting for that podcast to drop, and we heard from some of you. Apologies, no pod yesterday. We'll make up for it today. There's a lot to get into. We'll get into the Twitter Thursday here uh, as well, and and some of your questions, of course, some of the news going on in the NFL. We want to talk quarterbacks as well, but Stephon Diggs is a little bit richer. Got a four-year extension, and which makes it a six-year contract. He's still got two years left on his own deal, and basically bringing him up to market rate now with his last two years of this deal, bringing him from 14 mil per year or so to 20 mil, which averages out to a, a little over 20 million dollars per year over six years on his new contract, and uh, four-year, 100, I think 70 million guaranteed, and 124 million total over the course of the six years. So puts him right in line with the top receivers in the NFL. And I thought this was an interesting way to do things for a receiver that f- starts to look like he's underpaid versus the top talent. You give him a new deal that brings him up now before he hits free agency and keeps him there for the long term, which, you know, according to, you know, his agent and the team, this hopefully keeps him in Buffalo for the rest of his career. Yeah, and he's a great player. I probably put him a little behind Adams and Hill, who are also been in the news lately and getting big deals and, you know, people trading for him. But not far, you know. I mean, his time in Buffalo has been superb. He was no slouch with the Vikes. He's in his prime. Um, these are, quote, problems that really good teams like the Bills are having now. You know, you're going to have to start extending these guys. And it's going to be a little harder to go out and get the Von Millers of the world going forward. But this is a really strong team, a really strong organization, and a lot of good mojo. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff rubs off well in the locker room you know if you're gonna be a, a high-end guy we're gonna reward you properly and makes it a little easier for everybody else to buy into what stands out to me is that the bills did the opposite of what we saw the chiefs and the packers do as far as trading you know you have your super expensive quarterback and there's that new mm-hmm. contract for josh allen the the big money really you know, his cap number i think is only what is it? It's yeah, it's ten million. It was ten million last year, sixteen million this year. Then it kicks up okay. to thirty nine million of a cap number in twenty twenty three. So uh, right now, you know, they don't have a, a cap crunch or anything, and he's actually quite cheap as far as what his talent level is. And then Not that springs up in twenty twenty three as the salary cap does. But 
other teams that had mega contracts for their quarterbacks were saying, okay, well, the quarterback is going to run this thing and we're going to move off of the wide receivers. And the Bills decided to pay both, which I think is interesting. And I'm not sure if every franchise is going to do that. We've seen teams with cheaper quarterbacks decide to pay wide receivers. So um, the Bills are the one team right now that is going to pay top of the market quarterback money, top of the market wide receiver money starting in 2023. Yeah, and... Brings me to two things I've talked about a lot lately is I really think, and I, again, I, in case you haven't heard me say this 10 times in the last three weeks, I think the league is at a crossroads with what to do about wide receivers. You know, so I think every team's viewing it different. You know, should we, these, and DK Metcalf and AJ Brown and McLaurin, you know, these guys coming off their first contract potentially could be on the move. You know, what's, should we pay them or should we just draft a guy or, you know, how much am I willing to give to add a DK Metcalf and Diggs and Hill and Adams are not a generation, but they're a little older than that group. You know, they're a little more established. Their best football might not be ahead of them, but I also think, so I think the league is just uh, very much changing their opinion team by team of how to handle wideouts and how to allocate resources at that position. And one thing I wanted to mention, too, and I brought this up many times, too. apologize for bringing it up many times, but I love that the Bills did this. And I think it's a, a good lesson for some of these teams that just drafted quarterbacks or are about to, that when you watch the, team, the Bills build, that's hard to say, they drafted defense. You know, look at their defense still. It's all homegrown talent. But their offense, much of it, especially when Allen was in his formative years, they got from other teams. You know, there was that off season where they brought in like seven offensive linemen, just threw a bunch of crap at the fan and see what st- sticks trade for digs, you know? So they wanted established veterans that had a track record around their young stallion quarterback. So I thought it was a really interesting way of building around the franchise guy. And if you just look at overall value of the, the, the dig swap with the Vikings, the Vikings won that because they got a superstar receiver, maybe even better, on a rookie contract in Justin Jefferson. Right, right. And the Bills were right there to do that and instead traded for the veteran. They wanted the money in hand. They didn't want to flip a coin on a on a draft pick. It could have been Jalen Rager, right? You don't That's know what, what it could have been Rager, though. You don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, but right. you know, in hindsight, if they would have ended up with Jefferson, it's a better place long term to be. But um, they wanted to solidify that receiver for their quarterback, so you can't fault them for that. But it's also a lesson in, okay, where's the value at receiver? Because so many good first and right. especially second round wide receivers in the NFL. And generally, the reason quarterbacks are paid so much and, and edge rushers are paid so much and corners are paid so much and offensive tackles are paid so much because you can't find these star players in the second round. That's not the case with wide receiver. So uh, this wide receiver stuff is not done. And I think we no. might see teams go in, and we already are seeing teams go in very different directions there as they decide what to do with wide receivers and what to pay them. And I think we're going to come out the other end of this in a few years and it'll be one way or the other. It's like, look, so many receivers play at one time that you still can pay them out even though there's a surplus of good wide receivers and more and more talented receivers coming in the league every year, and, and it's worth still paying the top ones, and the salary cap's going to go up to the point where you can pay enough people on your football team to pay a quarterback and a receiver. Or we're going to see the opposite, where it's not ever going to be like running backs or anything like that, but we're going to start to see, oh, yeah, it's too easy to find good wide receivers if you have a good quarterback. It's 
it doesn't make sense to pay a top wide receiver. And so we'll see yeah. which way that goes. But um, I think we're not done yet. We're still in the experimental phase in this new brand of football. And look, the, the league has changed so much and it's so heavily uh, a passing oriented league. Does that make it easier to play receiver in the league or does that make it more valuable to be a top receiver in the league? Yeah, again, I, I think the, the attitudes, the approach, the position are in a, a very transitive state right now. You know, that's, everyone's kind of saying, well, I'm not sure. I, I love Devontae Adams, but uh, should I give him a huge contract? Or uh, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, like he's making a crazy contract. Is that the Was that really, in hindsight, the best move for the Cardinals? Probably because you got to remember Kyler Murray was a rookie at that point or very young mm-hmm. or back to my Josh Allen conversation when they traded for Diggs and now times have changed. Allen wasn't one of the best players in the league yet. You know, I mean, Kirk Cousins could handle a rookie receiver and, you know, coach him up and, you know, and they had Thielen on the other side where Allen needed the veteran Murray needed the veteran. So uh, I think a lot of it's just a team by team situation, you know, and, Seattle comes to mind. If they're honest with themselves, they have to look at their team and be like, we're not going to be good for a couple of years. Should we make DK Metcalf a, you know, a $20 million a year offer without a quarterback, or should we turn him into some first round picks? Or should we draft the quarterback and make sure he has a stud receiver to throw to like right, DK Metcalf? Right, right, right. Yeah, so a lot of ways to skin the you cat. Throw Willis in that team without right. Lockett or Metcalf. You yeah, know, and it, best yeah, of luck. Ma- you know, right. Make life easier for your young quarterback. So we'll see yeah. which direction the Seahawks go in all of this. Uh, and they have some decisions to make on, on who to pay, who to draft. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks and the draft, uh, next really quick, I want to talk so about one, one... One little tiny thing oh, sure. you mentioned that I wanted to reiterate is I don't think it'll ever get to the running back situation. And there's no. probably as many good receivers in high school, in recruiting, in college, as there are running backs. But you said it well. I mean, there's three or four receivers on the field. There's one running back, you know. Yes, absolutely. And the rules yeah. are changing to help receivers. The league is going to uh, lean on receivers more than running backs in the past and the attrition rate isn't as high for receivers as it is for running backs. So there's a lot of other factors too. I mean, but man, there are so many good receivers and and I I can see why a team like Kansas city would be sitting at the end of the first round. I think, do I want to pay a 30 year old wide receiver or why don't I just draft one of these young studs and start the clock over? You know, it it makes a ton of sense when you look at it like that, but man, it does make sense. If you have a young quarterback, like it was when they traded for digs, like Miami's trying to do with Hill now, I understand that too. So I think if I was building a team, I would do exactly what I saw both Miami and Kansas City do, and that is help up my young quarterback, elevate the guy who's not a star yet. If you've got your star, I got to pay the defense. I got to pay the offensive line. I got to pay some other positions and not quarterback. And that quarterback, if he is a lead, if he is a star, is going to make those receivers play up. hundred percent. And if you're paying Rodgers and Adams, well, there goes your cap. <laughs> you know? yes. I mean, like you can't have anything else. So uh, they're almost compliments to one another. If I'm going to pay Rodgers this much, well, he's got to deal with young receivers and elevate them. Um, all that being said, more and more, and especially some of these mocks that have come out lately, like Todd McShay's mock has the Jets' first pick being Garrett Wilson. And I used to kind of roll my eyes at London to the Jets at nine. Like, man, that's early. But I'm really starting to think there's going to be six – maybe as many as eight first-round receivers and maybe five of them in the top 20? 
there still will be talent at the top of the second round, even if for sure, even in in the event of the most wide receiver crazy first round. But I think there's going to be jockeying for position for the top top guys, and I think that's where things get very interesting there. And and when does that start? And and mm-hmm. whoever starts at first makes the other teams get a little antsy, right? Because the Saints think they're going to sit there and draft a wide receiver with one of those two picks in the middle of the first round. The top guys might be gone, so they might have to start moving up play. if the Jets go four. If the if the Jets at ten is the first wide receiver, or if the Jets don't take a receiver at all and there's no receivers gone in the top ten, then you know that really shuffles things up a little differently. And I, and I could see that run starting at any time. But there's some other good players at the top of the draft for runs to start. Uh, I do want to move on from this wide receiver conversation because sure. we had promised a full Twitter Tuesday this week, and there was no Wednesday show either. And then all the the trade action that happened before Tuesday's show. So let's give the listeners what they want and let's finish up this twitter thursday on today's program lots of great questions to get into you need some new sunglasses this summer that don't have a ridiculous price point shady rays are for you shady rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's Insane Protection Program. Not only broken, but lost sunglasses as well are covered. Protection for every pair of Shady Rays. They will send you a brand new pair. If you lose them, no matter what happened, give them a try, and if you don't love them, you will pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, I love this. 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head over to ShadyRays.com right now. Get yourself some fantastic sunglasses and use promo code Locked on to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code locked on for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five star reviews. Bet Online remains your number one source for all betting needs and sports information this season. Find all the latest developments in the sporting world, including this week's Masters Championship. Odds, podcasts, reviews for all the different angles for all the different leagues this season. NBA hoops are still ongoing, heading toward the playoffs there. Major League Baseball getting underway. Draft props, where will the quarterbacks land? I think that got a little bit more interesting with some of the moves in the league in the last 24 hours. Boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games, even live betting and esports at Bet Online. So get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, your continued source for all sports wagering information. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Don't forget to follow Locked On NFL. A lot of draft coverage, live coverage happening on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel coming up later this month. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. This one coming from at Deep Foreboding on Twitter. Fantastic handle. A question that ties into our conversation about receivers, when to pay them, what their value actually is. He says, why have wide receivers not dropped in value like running backs? I realize there are three to four wide receivers on the field nearly every snap. While that's not really the case with running backs, our wide receiver class is not as good as we think. Three years down the road is turnover high. I mean, there are only 96 to 128 wide receiver spots, and we seem to have a good 10-plus wide receivers that folks seem to like in each class. 
and there's a whole tweet thread here, but I'm going to stop right there because he said something really important, just about the sheer number of wide receivers that play and can impact a football game and the amount of receivers who are good that come into the league every year. Yes, there's a lot of them, but that doesn't mean just because you draft one, it's a direct hit. It's still not automatic that you're just going to draft a wide receiver in the second round and he becomes Devontae Adams, right? Or even the, the first round. We've seen a lot of misses at wide receiver as well. And look at those numbers. Yeah, look, three wide receivers per team you could consider starters and probably should consider starters. We're talking about 100 starting players at that position you know that's three times as many as starting quarterbacks or you know a a lot more still than even starting edge and starting offensive tackles and other positions around the NFL so you need so many of those guys that it's not automatic that you're going to draft a second rounder he's going to be okay like you could just draft probably a third rounder every year at running back and you know have a really nice player not as easy when it comes to wide receivers 2019 is a great example because there's star receivers in 2019 and you look at it and you say, oh man, just draft those stars in the second round or, you know, so there's so many good wide receivers, but man, Hollywood Brown has been somewhat disappointing, but he's kind of, you know, the one trick pony. We know yeah. he is, he's, he's valuable. He's not out of the league or anything like that. Um, there's the such key- a unique offense and we're yeah. such a unique offense then too. They just need to get people out of the box. Right. And Nikhil Harry, darn near is going to be out of the league. I think he's going to be off the Patriots at some point very soon. Uh, yeah, our Sega White side. There was. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, the, the uh, list. Am- went... uh, not Amendola. Who's the Who's the little white receiver? Five eight with speed. Was... Yeah, it is Hardman, Whiteside, Paris Campbell, Andy Isabella. Isabella all went before DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, and Terry McLaurin. I mean, that's crazy, Ouch. right? So Ouch. there was hits, yeah. but there was a lot of misses as well. So it's a minefield. And uh, the, the DK Metcalf one is always going to be like, I get right. it. I get it if there was medical and your team took him off the board because he had a neck injury and you thought, okay, this guy's not going to have a career because of his neck. That's one thing. But if teams mm-hmm. saw DK Metcalf, saw him play, saw him win on the college level, maybe he's a little tight because he's so rocked up and huge, but he was a freak of nature. Like he was a top 10 guy. And I was blown away to see him not only get out of the first round, but get all the way to the last pick of the second round. And those teams are drafting other, just not that good wide receiver prospects. That I mean, You got to start firing your scouting staff at that point. Because yeah. DK Metcalf was not a difficult evaluation. So if, There's if, a lot of hindsight with Deontay Johnson at 66 and yes. McLaurin at 76. Yes. Okay. You know, they weren't slam dunks. No, and you McLaurin know, was way underused in college. Right. 100%. But Metcalf, <laughs> I mean... My daughter could scout DK Metcalf. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then he runs yeah. an unbelievable 40, too. He's it's six, like, four, I don't know two, about his three cone. Yeah, 6'4", 230, runs a four three three, And he won all day long in college. Tracked the ball, would right, block right, people. Right. He won not only on go routes, but he you know maybe he's not a, a jitterbug slot receiver, but my God, you could find those on day three every single year. So... Yeah, some people need to get fired about the DK Metcalf stuff, especially whoever's scouting wide receivers with the Cardinals and the Eagles and some teams that drafted players that uh, it just makes no sense. Especially since Andy Isabella was, uh, you know, a three-route guy, but he was 5'8 and right, slower right, than right. DK Metcalf. So, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to give the Chiefs a little bit of a hard time, too. I mean, they took Miko Hardman, and I know that times were different back then. Were we going to extend Tyreek? We need to find his replacement. That was a logic. But what if he took Metcalf? Oh, my God. DK with Patrick Mahomes and then Hill on the other side. My goodness. (laughs) On the DK Metcalf side of things, and it would seem that it makes sense for the Seahawks to trade him, but apparently, according to Connor Hughes, who covers the Jets for the Athletic, there's no truth 
to the report, the Jets offered number 10 pick in the draft to the Seahawks for DK Metcalf per multiple sources. The Jets are interested in a wide receiver. They'd be interested in Metcalf, but there have been no offers because Seattle is not accepting offers per sources. Uh, He goes on to say, if a player is made available, Douglas will be extremely aggressive, just like Hill. That player just isn't available right now. Seahawks don't want to trade DK. Titans don't want to trade Brown. And then our colleague Corbin Smith of Locked on Seahawks adds to that, said, I was told that there was no way the Jets would offer number 10 as part of a package for Metcalf. Maybe they're two second rounders, but that would be the max offer, which is what we heard the offer was for Hill. So that makes sense. It lines up with the Just Like Hill Mm -hmm. report from Connor Hughes. Uh, But the Seahawks are still not open for business on DK. But would they be open for business if the Jets ended up offering 10 instead? But apparently they haven't. I see both sides. Uh, I mean, especially A.J. Brown. I mean, the Titans are trying to win the division. And, you know, they were number one seed last year. They'd be in bad shape without Brown. Seattle's in a different spot. But to your earlier point, like, if you throw Willis or Ritter in the second round in there and you don't have Metcalf and – at that point, you might as well trade Lockett, who's up in age two. Like, you got to have something. <laughs> you know what I mean? I you mean, know what's funny is that pick, number 10, was the Seahawks pick that they gave up. This is the end Adams. of the Jamal Adams trade. Okay. And that all adds up, too, which yeah. is why they should have made that trade to begin with. But. <laughs> that was, a, I mean, if we want to talk about bad trades, that, I mean, come on, for a box safety, you traded two first rounders. And I was a huge Jamal Adams fan, but. It's a good player. And I think they've actually made his value less because he's not used quite the same as he was with the Jets. And I, I think he can do a lot more. And uh, he's definitely someone that should be available. I don't know if anybody wants to pay his salary. I don't know what the I don't know what the Seahawks are doing. No idea. They look at players differently. They and do. draft picks differently. They definitely do. Last note on this subject, I would say, would be this Jets, you know, wanting to add a wide receiver seems like the worst kept secret in the league. You yes, know, like- well, they've called everybody, so that's why we're getting <laughs> right. it. You know, and the Niners aren't going to trade Debo right now because they've got that situation going on where they should be moving on to a young quarterback and they need the mm-hmm. the star playmakers, right? Uh, I would think that the Seahawks, maybe if they draft a quarterback, they're thinking the same with, with DK. If they're not going to go that route and they're rebuilding, maybe they should be the one that does trade their star. Um, Titans, definitely, it doesn't make sense to trade A.J. Brown to me. McLaurin, no. I mean, Maybe McLaurin. McLaurin's tough because the 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 all those guys are in their prime though. The like, commanders need to. McLaurin's a little older. He was a fifth year senior. I'm pretty sure. Right. DK's right, only right. 24 years old. He can get paid twice. But some of these and I think AJ Brown's pretty young and he can get paid twice. I think both those I guys are turning so. 25. But um, Debo and Metcalf a little older. They might only have one more chance to cash in. 27 mm-hmm. years old this year, I believe. I don't know if I'd entertain trading McLaurin or not if I were Washington because you could uh, maybe some of it has to do with do we trust Samuel to stay healthy? Do we think that Nami Brown's a guy and we just didn't see anything from it? And then I think they pick 11. They could take Garrett Wilson, too. Yeah, and, maybe yeah. that's part of it where right. they, they draft a receiver at 11 and Carson Wentz is not cheap right now. And then they need another pick to eventually get a quarterback next year and then mm-hmm. have developed those other young receivers. Possibly. Yeah. But could I mean, some sense. A lot of teams should be interested in Metcalf, McClure, and, and A.J. Brown if they are available. Yes, absolutely. And I and it sure seems like the Jets are going to use some premium asset, one of these two top picks or whatever, to add a receiver. And that's kind of like the Miami theory is, I know Zach Wilson's only one year in, but year one wasn't great, but we've built you a line. You know, you now have three legit receivers. There's tight ends that aren't slouches and – Maybe we'll get a big power running back in the third round, too, to ma- match with Michael Carter and 
Sink or swim, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of like what the Jets are I doing do right now because they're trying to do other things with pick 10. You know, maybe they go edge and corner or whatever. And so that way they can add their receiver with their pick 35 and 38, I believe they have, at the top of the second round, which some team could easily get back into round one if they, they made a deal like that for a wide receiver, if that's what they wanted to do. So um, I think the Jets roster is going to look a lot better on opening day this year than it did opening day last year. Oh, for a sure. Lot they're, they're, I mean, a they're lot doing, better. They're doing a lot of work on that roster. And the other thing yep. with the Jets is they know they could draft a wide receiver at 10. They may not get the first, but they'll probably get at least the second wide receiver, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're they're looking at this thing thinking, okay, look, we, we know we can get a receiver at 10 who we like, so we're not going to trade that pick for a wide receiver because that just gets makes that more expensive for us. But if we can get the receiver with the later the, with the second round picks and then still get the other two positions we want at 4 and 10, now we're in business and now we're talking. So, 100%. But with all respect to Garrett Wilson and Drake London, I'd rather play against them than DK Metcalf. Yes. Well, right now, <laughs> you know and I mean? we'll see what they become. But right, yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. And it's 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 with your young quarterback. It's like the Diggs thing, you know? Maybe pick 10 becomes Justin Jefferson, but you feel you can go to sleep at night knowing your young quarterback has uh, digs and you're not upset if right, right, you, right, you right. pass on a superstar quarter a receiver there because you got your young quarterback some weapons. You got the bird in the hand. Yes. And again, you can sleep well at night. I did everything possible to put the the, the players around my quarterback mm-hmm. to succeed. Absolutely. Good stuff. Next, more Twitter Thursday, Matt. Let's see how how many questions we can get to because we, we never, get to one so far. I think we've got yeah. one question so far. We never go fast. We're we are going to go fast, I promise, next. I've been telling you guys about Built Bar for a long time now. They've been great friends with the whole Locked On Network and really with my family, to be honest with you. We've been getting Built Bars for quite a while, and they don't last long around here. I mean, they uh, I've told you guys before, my wife's kind of a, uh, a chocolate snob, and she doesn't like a lot of the bars because of the, the waxy chocolate feeling. But um, Built Bars aren't like that at all. And, and if you haven't tried the Puffs, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bars that, in terms of taste, for sure. They're great. Uh, Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they, they too, of course, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Replace your candy bars with these. I mean, they're just better. I mean, a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. I mean, so high protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Again, I mean, they blow candy bars out of the water. Tons of great flavors. So here's what you got to do. Go to Built.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And get 15% off your next order. So use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Here we go. Rapid fire. Matt, Twitter thursday let's get through some of these listener questions so many listeners put so many questions in every week and we haven't been able to hit enough of those uh this on the same subject are the jets genuinely interested in a speedy receiver or are they just trying to get the dolphins to pay more and i look at this and i think they're not interested in just a speedy receiver although that's what hill was right but they're just looking for a veteran good wide receiver for their young quarterback yeah i don't know what style they want i think they just want a one you know where I don't think anyone thinks Corey Davis is a one, despite what they paid him. And I love more, but he's a certain type of receiver. Mm-hmm. That would be a heck of a trio if you could just add a one. Oh, and man. that's probably why they'd rather have a veteran than a rookie. And really, it, and I love actually how different Moore and Davis are. 
And yeah. you could fit almost any other third wide receiver in there as wide receiver one, and there wouldn't be too much crossover. You have very different styles there. And I like Davis a lot. I like Elijah Moore a lot. But that looks really good all of a sudden if those guys are two and three and you've got DK Metcalf on the other side. Cool. Right. I mean, I could picture Tyreek. I could picture Drake London. They're totally opposite. You know, DK Metcalf and Tyreek don't exactly look the same. But any style would work with what they have already. And the way I understand it with the trade is actually the Jets had it going first. The Dolphins came in late. It wasn't the other way around with the Jets trying to get the Dolphins to pay more. Mm, okay, okay. Makes sense. Josh says, does the flatness of talent at the top of this year's draft make it more likely teams move around the board to get the guy they want for relatively cheap or less likely since there's less standout players? I don't know how to take that. I mean, I think it's the teams that own the early pick want to trade back more than they usually do, but does anybody want to trade up? And, you know, the the trade value chart, maybe you can move up for 90 cents on the dollar instead of a dollar on the dollar, you know, or over a dollar for a dollar if it's for a quarterback, you know, RG3 type trades. So I don't know how to take that, you know. I mean, I, I just don't see a lot of – what player am I going to trade up for? I think there would be more movement if teams were willing to move down at discount versus other years. But if sure. you call, like, let's say the the Saints call the Texans, the Texans might think, man, we could probably get just as good a player. You know, it's not that far off on our board, although it's 10 picks or 10, 13 picks later, right? If they move down with the Saints, right? Would the Saints be able to get up with a one and a two instead of two twos? I don't think this. I don't think the Texans. They would say well, this is the chart value you've got to pay. But if teams were mm-hmm. willing to take less, I think we could see a ton of movement. Which is why it's cheaper to move up in the middle of the first round. I think there's going to be a ton of movement after pick ten. I think it's going to be tougher because I don't know that teams in the top ten are going to take less for people to move up there. So, uh, so yes and no. I think middle of the first round might be crazy, and we've already seen trades happening there, and so many teams have extra picks to make that happen top of the draft I think much less likely I think teams in the top few you know I, th- I would I think the Jaguars and the Lions would love to trade out of there I just don't think those options are going to be there right 100 percent. I think it's interesting that you picked the Saints and the Texans because that kind of added up to me like a team like the Saints really has two maybe three needs if we include quarterback where the Texans picking 13 verse 23 verse 33 uh, we still are going to find a position we need. Yes. Oh, yeah. You need to add <laughs> you talent if you're the Texans. And whoever you're drafting at number three, whether it's, you know, Trayvon Walker or um, Evan Neal or Iguanu mm-hmm. or whatever, get get two mid-first-round picks for that all day right. long if you're me. And if you already have one of those in the books, that still doesn't mean, wow, defensive line is set for life. You know, they're so bad, it doesn't matter. I mean, if there's a run on receivers – so what? We'll draft a safety or a linebacker or a tight end, anything, because they need it all. Jeff says, quick note, what do you consider an NFL veteran? When I was a kid, it seemed like you had to be in the league eight I to ten this. years. I, I totally agree. Now yeah. I hear third-year veteran out of Clemson. Yeah, well, players are playing earlier now. But, yeah, once you've gotten a, a season accrued, it's like, well, he's not young anymore. He's a veteran. We expect top-level performances from him now from here on out the rest of his career he's a veteran yeah no yeah. I agree like I, I think veteran is almost like you're on your second contract that's what I would consider a veteran but I I grew up thinking the word veteran was the 10-year guard that has 
30 million in the bank and four kids and <laughs> right. you know what I mean? It's been around the block and has had two ACLs and still fights through it. A grizzled veteran. Like now does Jordan love a veteran, <laughs> you know, Zach Wilson, a veteran. There's a question from Terry here about the Steelers. We're going to hit this tomorrow because I'm going okay. to go through that quarterback mock. Do the Steelers even get a quarterback at pick 20? Because Terry is asking about realistic options that you would presume would be there for the Steelers. So we're going to pause okay. on that conversation. Uh, I do want to talk about this one with the Kansas City Chiefs. So they moved off of Hill. Uh, Josh says, Honey Badger gone. Kelsey looked like he was losing a step last year. Mahomes is obviously a superstar, but he didn't quite, you know, he, he struggled a little bit late last year as well. Would it shock you, Matt, if the Chiefs finished third in the AFC West next year? No, because the division's so good. And I do think this is their version of a step back slash rebuild, which isn't the same as a Jags rebuild, folks. You know, a, a retool. going to be very good. But yeah, and maybe change what they do philosophically a little bit not that they were figured out but every defense was dropping eight and heavy cover two and they didn't have enough answers because not that there was a blueprint but somewhat of a blueprint you know that we might need to change how we play offense a little bit and you know back to the draft diddy since Mahomes, like their average first pick was like 60th overall so now they have a ton of picks two first rounders take a step back to hopefully take two steps forwards a year from now by replenishing the farm team. And look, they're going to be adding somebody with four, three speed at wide receiver with one of those two first round picks. So yeah. they're going to oh, have yeah, some yeah. speed on that offense. And I hesitate to bring this up. I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not like I'm buddies with Tyree kill in order. I respect him on, on or off the field, but <laughs> he mentioned Kelsey or off the field. I don't respect him. I respect him on the field, but he mentioned Kelsey losing a step. A little birdie told me that the Chiefs were a little worried that Tyreek's starting to lose a little too. And if you watch him at the end of the year, he had COVID and some injuries, but he wasn't the cheetah. Right. And if it, if he is starting to lose steps going into his 30s as a wide receiver, and they all tend to lose their steps, he's mm -hmm. not going to be like, oh, I'm Larry Fitzgerald, 6'2", winning DeAndre routes. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. I mean, he, DeAndre Hopkins could run like me and still be good. Yes. So he, he and, and he's actually better than you would think because of his size with some 100%. of those possession wide receiver traits but that's not going to carry him through his 30s if he's losing steps use a, you lose a ton of value in what Tyreek Hill's been he's not a 12, 20 million dollar receiver if he's a 444 guy okay we're going to finish up with two yeah, either yeah. ors here Josh says Dake, D, uh, G, uh, sorry JK Dobbins or DeAndre Swift who has a better fantasy year next year mm, I'm high on both I'm super high on both. I can tell you this. J.K. Dobbins will be on a lot more of my fantasy teams than DeAndre Swift because I think he's going to be cheaper, and I think he could be as good or better. I'll put it that way. Yes, but I think Swift is legit, mm -hmm. and he catches a lot of passes. And he's got a really good offensive line and a coaching staff that is not afraid to run the heck out of the ball. Right, and then, they lo then they're losing in the fourth quarter, and he catches six passes then. You know, right. uh, Tough one. Tough one for me, but... So I think Dobbins goes later. This is obviously a fantasy question. I'll take whoever goes later, but they both might be my running backs. From Jake, chicken wings or tacos? Both are also very high on the list, but wings. <laughs> yeah, this is even more <laughs> difficult. I'm going tacos all day long, though. Yeah, I, I like okay. wings, but I'll go tacos. Yep, yep, yep. I don't have time. I actually have to do a Steeler video here any minute, but 
you I, I, i'm such an old school dude i think of you westerners as all these you know fish tacos and all kinds of fun <laughs> stuff you know we're here it's like chicken ground meat cheese and shell and which right. is fine by me yeah. i'll eat them all day long but wings gets a nod let's fry it up and sauce it and go yeah exactly a uh, wide receiver you draft one with the most speed or the best hands Hands aren't, neither ones are my, my top priorities. Again, this is a really long conversation. I think both are overrated traits because drops happen. You know, drops are because people target you. I, I want getting openness more than I want speed or hands. Yeah, I think sp- just pure speed is where a lot of the mistakes have happened historically in the draft. Yes, so if there's 100%. one thing you could take out from evaluation and just not ever see it, not ever cloud your judgment in drafting a receiver, it's probably 40 time. 100%. I mean, it's not that it doesn't matter, but it's certainly weighted way more than it should be. So if hands is ball skills, that's important because that's other things like tracking uh, and body placement oh, and yeah, those yeah. things and not just pure hands. Uh, and if if you were instead of speed, we're saying, you know, feet and route running, then it might get a little bit more difficult. And I would put both those things ahead of just pure hands and, and pure speed. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the thing about hands, like, I always use the Wes Welker Edelman conversation. Those guys like led the league in drops almost every year because they were targeted so much and their hands aren't wonderful. And they're catching the ball in linebacker land too. You know, they're not on the sidelines, but drops don't bother me that much. Long-term Mac Jones or Zach Wilson. Mac. Long-term Ritter or Willis. They're my two favorite. Willis. And if he wins that conversation, it's by a mile. If he loses that conversation, it's by a mile. You said Mac Jones, right? Versus Zach Wilson? Yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in Wilson. Okay, and this, by the way, this question was from May, and we're going to finish out here. Okay, that was a bracket for you, Matt. Now you've got Willis versus Mac Jones, who you take in long term. This is the ultimate high floor versus high ceiling question. It's almost like they're playing different positions. Willis. But... If the Lions offered pick two for Wilson or for Jones, Belichick wouldn't say yes. I'm going to fit one more in. This question is for Matt Williamson from at BD Peacock on Twitter. Who is the second pick in the NFL draft if they redrafted? I assume the Jaguars would still take Trevor Lawrence last year. 2021 redraft. Zach Wilson probably doesn't go to, right? But who would go to? I don't think Mac Jones would necessarily either. No. I would say Lance or Fields, but it's not like their resume is <laughs> a lot better now than it was then. Right. They didn't do enough to show out either. Would it just have been, look, the Jets are trying to get a wide receiver. Would it be Jamar Chase? I was going to say Micah Parsons. Oh, that's another good one. And All the talk about how great that quarterback yeah, right, draft was, and we're going to see what happens in year two, but... There's a lot to be decided there. 100%. I mean, all those guys are far from out of the woods, including Lawrence. All right. Thanks, everybody, for all the questions. Thanks for making us your first listen every day, except for yesterday. But I'm glad Matt's Sorry. power's back on. Matt, I hope you didn't get, like, a whole fridge of beer ruined either when your power went out. No, no. Okay, we, we managed to fight through that. Okay, good. 
All's well. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. And uh, Matt and I will finish up the week on Friday. Thanks for making us your first listen. For your second listen, check out Matt doing Locked On Dynasty. I'm doing Locked On 49ers. Whatever team you are a fan of, it is covered right here on the network. Locked On NFL Draft as well, taking us through the draft right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt and I back tomorrow talking QB mock draft. Who could like go it. where? Talk to you then. Peacock and Williamson.